When you start talking Southern Caribbean, you're speaking Sam's love language. So. <laughs> everybody to a very special edition of the DCL Duo podcast brought to you by My Path Unwinding Travel. And I need to start as I typically do by welcoming my fabulous co-host Samantha to the show. Welcome, Sam. Why, thanks, Brian. Happy to be here. Happy to be back at home. Um, As much as I loved being, of course, on The Wish and at Disney World, I'm kind of happy to just be home and to be eating like plain chicken breasts and you know, no, not such rich food. <laughs> I am happy that thus far we remain COVID free, not to tempt fate. I'm knocking on the fake particle wood that is my desk. Uh, happy to be <laughs> COVID free. I guess we will test in two days to see if we manage to do a two week vacation to Florida and aboard Disney Cruise Line and avoid the COVID. Uh, so, um, so yeah, glad about that. But we're not here to talk about our sailings. We're here to talk about the future sailings on Disney Cruise Line, the fall 2023 itinerary release. Woo-hoo. And we are excited to be joined by a guest from our fabulous sponsor, My Path Unwinding Travel. So let me start by welcoming Ganesh to our show. Hi, everyone. Hi. Nice to be here. I'm so excited. And this is actually my first podcast ever. So totally oh. pumped. I am so pumped. And I'm a new fangirl. I, I, I'm so excited beyond words. <laughs> oh, that's so awesome. I'm so excited that this is your first podcast episode. Well, now we have to get Ganesh back at some point so she can experience the full effect of rapid fire from Sam. So uh, <laughs> oh, we've yeah. got to, got to oh. do that. Got oh, yeah. to do that. You'll, yep. you'll be back. This this is a special show where we're going to talk about itineraries, but we're, we're going to have you back for a full episode at some point. Don't worry. Exciting. I'm looking forward to it. And for our listeners out there, Ganesh is a travel agent with My Path Unwinding Travel. We always love to have a knowledgeable travel agent on the show when we talk about the itinerary releases because Sam and I, of course, just geek out on what cruise we want to take. And sometimes we don't really think about the cruises the rest of you might be interested in. So <laughs> We don't really care about what everybody else wants to take. We just care about what's our next cruise. <laughs> uh, what, does, what does Chef have that's new have is that's always new. the question we're asking. So. <laughs> Let's dive in. Let's first talk about, so we are behind the curve a little bit here on the itinerary releases because Sam and I were on the wish when they came out. So booking has already opened for Platinum Cruisers. Sam and I put a deposit down on a cruise today, uh, and we can talk about that one a little bit later. But Ganesh, what are the booking dates for the rest of the folks out there? As we, we're going to put this out, today is Tuesday. We'll probably have this out tomorrow, Wednesday. And so what are the remaining booking dates? When are things going to open up for gold and silver and the like? Yeah. Um, so as you mentioned, Platinum opened up on Monday, Tuesday, which is today when we're chatting, was gold. And then tomorrow, Wednesday, will be silver. Um, and this is the Castaway Club levels, right? Um, and then the rest of the, you know, opens up to general public on Thursday. So yeah, we're, you might be a little bit, yeah, we might be a little bit behind, but there's still lots of great itineraries out there. So um, yeah, get on it and book. (laughs) Also just want to call out that DVC members and ABD insiders can book at the same time as silver, which is uh, tomorrow on Wednesday. Yep. 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 So So if you've never cruised on Disney Cruise Line before, but you are either a DVC owner or you've been on an ABD before, you get the the same benefit as somebody who has cruised once on Disney Cruise Line. One other reminder before we dig into what the itineraries are is that Disney Cruise Line, unlike some of its competitor cruise lines, generally has the best pricing at release. So the prices are 
usually, I can't say always, but usually not going to get any better than they are right now, with the exception of sort of last minute Florida resident deals or last minute cast member rates, that sort of a thing. Yeah. And Disney's also been doing some sales on some of the sailings. Like they've been doing 35% off select sailings and things like that. So uh, I know they've been- that's really Miami. Yeah. Look, it's rare, but it happens. So yes, generally speaking, our best, best advice is book on opening day to secure the best price available. Also want to call out that uh, if you happen to be a Golden Oaks member, you would have already had your booking window open and we would love to hear from you. Uh, <laughs> We'd love to be invited over to your house, actually. Yes, yes. <laughs> we, want to, we want to meet. We've met like three or four Golden Oaks members cruising out there and uh, they've been fabulous folks and we just would love to talk to someone who lives in Golden Oaks. So anyway, <laughs> Ganesh, what... Let me start with the question I raised at the beginning. What does Chef have that's new? So what is new about these itinerary releases that you've spotted? Um, there are lots of interesting new itineraries. And actually, let me start off in saying what has not been released. So one thing that's the most intriguing to me is there are no itineraries for The Wonder, right? So what's going on with The Wonder the last three months of the year? So with a lot of speculation, um, some of us are wondering, okay, are they going to go across? the Pacific? Are they going to go to Australia, do Asia? I, I, so I was trying to look at, the, so I was looking at the different dates to figure out. So one clue to that is the magic is going to be coming over to the West yeah. Coast so, and they're going to go through. Yes. Good news for you all. You're West Coasters, yep. right? Yep. Yeah. Perfect. So going through the canal, looks like the first, they're going westbound on October 5th out of Miami and ending in San, Fran- San Diego, 14 night westbound Panama Canal. Hits all the usual places that they usually go to. I think it looks like seven days at sea and then I guess about price looks like one, two, three, about maybe seven ports. But then they come eastbound from San Diego, they go back on December 3rd. So it's not, I mean, that's really, they only have about six weeks or so on the West Coast, which is kind of intriguing because typically when the wonder goes back and forth through the canal, it's going to be late. It's usually a November sailing and that comes back very early spring, spends the winter in Mexico, right? But what's going on? Like, so it's interesting because the magic's coming back. It's not staying very long down in Mexico or doing those sailings. So curious as to, well, where's the wonder going to go? Is the wonder then maybe going to take over the, the West Coast sailings maybe in December? That's what I'm, I'm thinking maybe that's the case because I can't imagine that they're going to leave the West Coast out, you know, hanging here because it, I, I think there's going to be something um, where maybe, maybe the wonder, maybe they go to Hawaii. I mean, that seems a little bit more feasible to me, like because you know, maybe they'll do sailings from San Diego to Hawaii. Um, maybe they'll even go down to South America. I have no idea. But that's the one thing that's most intriguing to me is where is the wonder going to be? So maybe we'll find out um, soon, but at least not in this release, though. <laughs> the rumor that, that Brian and I have been hearing, or the supposition from some of the crew on board, was a, potentially a trip across the Pacific. Pacific, maybe over to New Zealand and Australia. And now they could do some, obviously, some Hawaii runs kind of mixed in there. Um, nothing is confirmed. And I think, and from what we kind of heard from various crew on board was it, it may be COVID dependent, right? Because whether or not Australia and New Zealand are going to open their borders to an American cruise line uh, will really probably depend on that um, since they've okay. been... They have already reopened to American cruise lines, as I as I understand. Because I talked to someone who was on my VIP tour at Universal, and they had 
come over from Australia and said that they, I think, I thought they had said that Princess and a couple of other cruise lines were already sailing out of there. But I know Disney has potentially been cautious because of the COVID restrictions over there. But it's, but I think the time, so what's interesting to me is the timing of it's awkward for Australia, New Zealand. I mean, I guess it would be kind of their springtime there. I thought they would, I thought they would send, you know, one of the ships over to Australia, New Zealand and kind of the November through February timeframe, which is kind of really in their summer because uh, they celebrate summer around the time we're celebrating Christmas. And that would be a much more interesting kind of weather for them. But maybe, maybe they're just going to dip their toe in the water, see how things go. And then, expand if it works for them or not. I, I don't know. But the other thing is, we know they had filed some necessary paperwork over there to potentially bring a ship over. So I do think that they could be kind of waiting <laughs> to release these to see if they can get everything in place that they need to have in place. But I, I, the, my best bet is Australia and New Zealand for a couple months just to test out that market. Maybe they'll maybe they'll replicate the UK staycation cruises <laughs> you know, oh, way they over could. there. Yeah. They yeah. could make it and they could make it only available for, you know, residents over there potentially in order to test that, really test that market. Who knows? Well, let's move past the speculation on the magic and the wonder and talk a little bit about the new itineraries. You mentioned the two Panama Canal cruises. Great to see those back on the on the list. What else is what else on there is is new or returning? Uh, well, on the new front, the dream, I mean, the dream's all about new, it seems like next year, right? Because they're heading to Europe and in uh, the summertime, basically replacing the magic over there. Um, but they, when they come back, they're going to be doing, they're going to be doing the westbound transatlantic. So that's an 11 night itinerary that's going out of Southampton, England. That sounds amazing. Um, yeah, that's on September 17th. And it, I think it, it basically hits the same ports that the current westbound it, for the magic is is doing, although the magic is going out of Dover. So this is definitely a change for next year that the dream will be sailing out, at least for the Northern European itineraries out of Southampton. So yeah, the same similar ports, Vigo, Spain, Lisbon, Portugal, Kingsworth, Bermuda. Although I think the one on the magic this year does have a, a stop up in Northern France. So the opportunity to go to Paris, but yeah, so once it gets over though, we're going to be, there's going to be in New York for a little bit. So yeah. the New, New York will get the dream for a little while. They'll do, they do have one one four-night Canada itinerary, very short itinerary, October 17th. Should be some, potentially some fall foliage, although it might be past that at, by that point for, for Canada, but it's hitting St. John and New Brunswick. Um, Brunswick, Canada, in two days at sea out of New York. And they're, then from there, there is a cruise, looks like one day, week before that, they're going to do a four-night Bermuda and some more of the Bermuda sailings, basically. Some four-night Bermuda sailings, five nights, six nights, depending upon the date all throughout um, October and some September as well. Um, so that's a great opportunity for folks up in, you know, the New England and New York area, mid-Atlantic area. If you want to go out of New York and go on the dream, especially when doing these Bermuda sailings looks perfect. But what they will later on in November, early November, on November 4th, the dream is going to transition down to the Caribbean because it's going to be a little too cold to be sailing out of New York. So they're going to, they're going to um, transition down for a six night Bermuda and Eastern Caribbean sailing, which starts in New York and ends in San Juan, Puerto Rico. So that will be a pretty cool sailing. That one goes on November 4th. Uh, that will go to Kings Wharf, Bermuda, and then also go to Tortola, British Virgin Islands, which I've been to as a 
fantastic port and they'll have three days at sea. So then once they hit, they're in San Juan, there's another unique sailing, a seven night Southern. So it's the, the next sailing basically on November 10th, seven night Southern Caribbean Disney dream out of San Juan, Puerto Rico. So that's going to hit St. Kitts, Antigua, Aruba and Curacao and then two days of sea. So that's going to be a very popular, very nice sailing. Oh yeah. That, those are all fantastic uh, port stops. When you start talking Southern Caribbean, you're speaking Sam's love language. So she loves <laughs> that Southern Caribbean itinerary. Although we just keep hoping for an 11 night. Dear Disney, add those two days on. We want that 11 night back. Well, this is also, uh, is this one a one way, this one out of Puerto Rico where it goes? Actually, no. The seven night is a round trip to Puerto Rico. But then I'm trying to track this. I Then it's going to, from Puerto Rico, there is a one way from Puerto Rico. Let me see where that is. Back to is. Fort Lauderdale, right? Yes, back to Fort Lauderdale. Yeah, yeah. Well, back to actually two. first time. First <laughs> That's coming right. to Fort Lauderdale, they will be sailing. So there's a sailing from San Juan, Puerto Rico to Fort Lauderdale. And then from there, they're going to be doing some regular sailings out of Fort Lauderdale. And actually, one of the really cool sailings that we've already had a lot of requests for, and even some of our own travel advisors are already booked on, is a double dip New Year's Eve cruise on the Dream. So that when we say double dip, this is two stops at Castaway Key, everyone's favorite private island. That one sails on the Dream. I believe that leaves on the 28th. And I think it's a five night. I'll have to double check that. But yeah, that is a very high demand sailing. So yet another reason why you want to book early because it, it obviously usually is the best time for price, but it's also availability. That's, a, you know, certain, some of these unique itineraries are going to go fast, or if they don't completely sell out, you may not be able to get your choice stateroom or at least your preferred room category. So highly recommend booking early. That's a really good point. I, I did see that Kristen Green from My Path and Winding Travel is booked on that New Year's Eve one, and she's already started a Facebook group for yeah, it. she's started the group. She booked it. She's open up the group she's trying to get recruit us to go with her so yeah we're, we're already like seeing a lot of talk and chatter about that that sailing what else uh what else can should we pay attention to we, we caught the seven night thanksgiving mexican riviera cruise for the magic out on the west coast which i don't know that i've seen very many seven night Mexican well, Riviera sailings. They actually, so I've actually been on a seven night Mexican Riviera on the Wonder. And this was actually my last Disney cruise, actually pre pandemic, uh, in, uh, spring of 2019. So the, the spring of 2019, they were doing on a more regular basis the seven night Mexican Riviera, of course, on the Wonder, not the Magic. And it's actually thought, and it's actually surprising that they only have the one sailing, but probably because the Magic's only there for like six or seven weeks max. So I think maybe they're trying to capitalize on their shorter time frame by doing shorter sailings, get more people on there. And, um, you know, I'm sure West Coast people, I mean, I already know we have an advisor on our team who's actually based out of San Diego and she has not sailed the magic. So it's like the perfect opportunity yeah. <laughs> to get on the magic. It's, it's, yeah, folks who have never experienced that ship because I don't, I don't think, I think Wonder's the only one that has been to the West Coast, right? I, I could be wrong, but um, it's definitely a unique opportunity for folks there to get on a different ship without having to fly all the way to the East Coast or Europe for that matter. So yeah, I think that seven night is definitely unique and it is a Thanksgiving sailing. So that's definitely, you know, a holiday is going to be popular. So we talked about the New Year's Eve sailing, this like Thanksgiving sailing, definitely another popular one as well. Yeah. And popularity, popularity for folks 
typically also means pricey. And I will confirm because we looked at the pricing for that cruise. We are booked on it now. Pricey. It's a very pricey cruise, but uh, fun nonetheless. We love, And I also love that that one does not stop in Ensenada. Yeah, these are these are fantastic. Yeah, I've been to all three. It was the exact same itinerary. And I think the way that the itinerary plays out on this, it's you sail out of San Diego the first day at sea, go to Cabo. Is it Cabo first? It's actually reversed. Yeah, they're, they're, it's reversed. They're, okay. they're, they're sailing to, I can't remember, it's like Mazatlan, Puerto Vallarta. They're ending in Cabo. Oh, that's then, different. That's and different. Then, and then taking a sea day to get back to San Diego. Now, I will say I worry on that sailing. Cabo is a long way from San Diego. So well, we did. It was actually we did the reverse one. So it was like the, we were book ended with the days at sea, basically. And then the three ports all together in a row. But we had the reverse where it was the it was Cabo and then it was Puerto Vallarta and then it was Mazatlan. And Mazatlan is technically actually further out. I just remember it being the first cruise I was on where I'd be outdoors. I'm like, man, it's kind of cold out here. <laughs> Even San Diego, San Diego was actually chilly. It was, it was April. And we actually boarded on Easter Sunday. Um, and it was kind of chilly. Like I got pick, looking back at my pictures and my husband's got a hoodie on. So, <laughs> which is not the case when you're getting on the ship in Port Canaveral, Miami or wherever, right? Like it's, it's usually burning hot. At least I feel like I'm always hot, but. Um, but yeah, so it's different when you sail the Pacific or on the West Coast. Um, definitely bring layers. I would definitely recommend that. Um, but yeah, I mean, it was kind of fun, seeing, weird seeing people try to swim because they're like come out there shivering and put on their <laughs> towels. Or like the t- kids are still swimming. But um, but it, I think that'll still be a, a that is definitely a unique itinerary given that it's the only one. <laughs> so, but well, actually, one thing you mentioned on those, the magic sailings, of course, remember they're going back to um, Catalina Island too. It looks like, well, the magic will be going for the first time. But yeah, there's a couple of four night Baja uh, cruises out of San Diego. It looks like October 22nd, actually three of them, October 22nd, November 25th, and November 29th. We have Catalina Island and Ensenada. So kind of, you know, not really sailing very far, but kind of some interesting, you know, the opportunity to go there as well something someplace different that's a great that's a great port stop we love that port stop and i'll, I'll just plug for everyone out there if, if you haven't been to catalina and you're interested in it again fabulous port stop if you can get on the first cruise that's going there on the magic you might get a little bit of a fun ceremony at port because they always like to welcome a ship's first call at a new port with a uh, with a little fanfare so yes great point great point yeah that's and and i guess also even these some of these first sailings that are going down to mexico for for the for magic the other stops as well oh yeah you're right cabo it, even combo it might be for the magic it might be the first time the magic has been you know to cabo certainly the first time she's been to mazatlan or puerto vallarta um so yeah there there will probably be some some welcome ceremonies maybe some dancers that sort of a thing it's it, it is fun when you get to be on board for one of those kinds of welcomes or uh you know welcome to a new port kind of celebration well ganesh what else have we missed anything of interest i mean the wish is doing standard three and four-night NASA itineraries that we expect to continue for the foreseeable future. Yeah, <laughs> the wish is the new dream. Standard three or four nights. And I know that you guys have talked about how you wish it were longer. I do too, because I think three nights is really short. Four nights, I wish, I think you need a minimum of five nights on a ship. Even then it cannot be enough, especially a brand new ship. But um, but yeah, it looks like the wish is doing its standard thing. 
and the fantasy too, doing its usual, like uh, the Eastern and Western Caribbean sale dates, seven nights. Um, they've become, that's kind of become its standard kind of bread and butter for them. I didn't see anything else unusual for the fantasy unless you guys noticed anything. No, I, I was going to say that that was the thing. Actually, I the thing I noticed uh, in particular is that the fantasy isn't doing any of those kind of Southern Caribbean, you know, Every once in a while, you see the fantasy going off its normal seven night Western, Eastern, Western, Eastern and doing some Southern Caribbean runs. But it looks like because we're going to see the dream doing some of those sort of repositioning type cruises down to San Juan that maybe that's why the fantasy isn't going Probably so. Yeah. Cause I'm, I'm not seeing any other reason. There is no other reason unless, yeah, th- 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 there's just no other logic to it. <laughs> I'm also not seeing any like double dips. So sometimes they'll do a double dip to Castaway. I'm uh, not seeing any of that on these itineraries. I actually, is that the that, that New Year's Eve thing, the only double dip? I feel like it is, but I could be wrong. Yeah. So I'm not seeing any other double dips. Uh, I guess the other thing you mentioned, the shorter sailings, I'll just call out for folks. If you're looking for a way, if you haven't sailed on Disney Cruise Line before and you are on the West Coast or you'd like to juice up your Castaway Club status, they are doing a two-night bog. I know someone who's who's done that personally just to get up to Platinum. They're like, let's do that today. And then you add on a trip to Disneyland after, you know, and that's exactly what she did. Well, and we, and we were booked on a two-day one when they had it out of Vancouver before they just kind of canceled the Alaska season there in the middle of the pandemic. So two-night cruise, by far not enough because there are three rotational dining restaurants on board, but <laughs> you just want to get a you want to get a taste for Disney Cruise Line, that's a that's that's available on this itinerary and that it's rare to see those just two night cruises. I was trying to look to see which cruise it might back into here. So it'd be a two night, so it should be November 13th. And so it would buy back into a five night. So you could turn it into a seven night sailing with stops in Ensenada twice and uh, Cabo once. So there you go. You could turn a seven night uh, on the magic with a two and a five night there. That would be fun. I, I just found the sailing where we were ask, talking earlier about the dream, how it goes from San Juan to Fort Lauderdale, how it transitions. That one is going to be on November 17th, and that's a three-night. So that one is going to go from San Juan, and then it also stops off at Castaway Cay, and then it has a day at sea, and then it ends in Fort Lauderdale. Then it be, starts doing its thing out of Fort Lauderdale. Ganesh, we talked a little earlier about the fact that some of these like special itineraries around Thanksgiving and such are more expensive. Are are you noticing anything with the pricing trends for these cruises other than I would suspect Disney Cruise Lines prices continue to go up and up and up? Uh, well, but aside from that, uh, and obvious the obvious, you know, uh, you know, the popular times tend to be more expensive, right? So when you have school breaks or vacations and, and not even summer break, right? We're not looking at summer here, but just generally speaking, like Christmas and Thanksgiving are gonna be more expensive. Um, one thing that we actually noticed at our agency was this is kind of an interesting unique situation but on the Disney wish we noticed that for some of their sailing or actually most of their sailings in the concierge level um, you, you might know be aware of this new room category which we're kind of calling it the little mermaid room it's the little mermaid themed um, there's those rooms that are above they're at the over they're either are they over the bridge or under the bridge I guess they're under the bridge right? 
uh, at the front of the ship. And these rooms are actually called the concierge ocean view stateroom. They do not have balconies or verandas, but they have extra space up front. So it's floor to ceiling windows, great views. These balconies traditionally, at least what we've initially have seen before this release, the pricing has been on par with the standard concierge family uh, ocean view with the veranda, right? So it's, they've been a pretty similar pricing, if, if not always the same. Well, what we've noticed is that particular stateroom, the one without the veranda, has been priced significantly more, not more than a thousand at all. But we saw, for example, I think in one of the November sailings for next year, about maybe six or $800 more to get that stateroom which is a pretty decent jump for, for between stateroom categories for, for Disney Cruise Line, unless you're looking at suites and things like that. Um, so it's kind of interesting how maybe they realize that these are in high demand, so maybe we can start charging more for them. <laughs> I don't know. Um, but that's something that we've noticed. And so even more reason, if you're interested in that particular type of stateroom, which is a very unique stateroom that's not available on any other ship, book early and see if you can get it because it's going to be more expensive anyways. But or, or if you want that particular type of stateroom, maybe book, I don't know, I, could double check the other earlier sailings. I don't know if they're going to adjust the pricing late after the fact, but might be worthwhile to go, not go the last three months of the year next year, but you know, go earlier and see if maybe the pricing is a little more on par, maybe cheaper. I don't know. Uh, that's but that's interesting. Yeah, it's very interesting. We, we kind of noticed that after getting some requests. So I mean, don't put anything past them. They, as you just never know what can happen with pricing, but and and it always can be tweaked later. It may it may just be a glitch. Maybe we'll go back. Who knows? <laughs> yeah. Well, and those. So, am I right in saying those rooms, even without the veranda, they they're slightly bigger? Is that maybe? That, yes, so that, basically. And I think that's the argument that can be made, right? That, okay, you're getting more room in your stateroom. Because when they show the square footage of these staterooms, it it's includes the veranda when it is an actual veranda stateroom. So you're always, we're always wondering, unless you actually go on there and measure, it's kind of hard to tell for sure how much of that square footage is this veranda versus the actual living space of the stateroom when you close those doors, right? Like how much room do you have? Um, and sometimes you can guesstimate, you know, looking at, deck plans and whatnot. Um, but here, I mean, it's all stateroom and it's, it's gorgeous. I mean, it, those are beautiful, beautiful rooms. Um, so me personally, I'm a huge fan of verandas. I need to kind of have that, be, have the ability to just open the door and just what's the weather like, or let's get a sea breeze or like, let's just relax out there. But some folks are really like, these are some very unique rooms, just like uh, the, the tower suite on the wish. Like that's an amazing, that's like the most luxurious accommodation on the ship. But, but without a veranda. Without a veranda, right? <laughs> but people will pay big money to go stay in this extremely unique uh, stateroom type. So, um, so yeah, that's just something we noticed. It's it very interesting. I was curious, Ganesh, if you booked anything for your family or you've got anything planned um, or if you're seeing anything, you know, or if there's anything on the sort of client side that you're seeing lots of folks book in particular. Yeah, so I have not booked anything for my family yet. If I'm not going up on a brand new ship like the Wish, because obviously we've I've already done that itinerary because I've sailed the Dream before. So like I, I and I'm not getting off the ship in Nassau. I'll tell you that much. I'm, <laughs> some people are like, "Why are you going to even get off at Castaway Key?" I'm like I got to get off at Castaway Key. We actually got a Cabana, so I'm very excited about that. We're selling Concierge on the Wish next month, so super pumped about that. Got a Cabana, but I have to say, like I am a fan of the more unique itineraries myself. The Southern Caribbean one, I. 
I think, and especially because it's the dream doing it and not even the fantasy or any other ship. That one I, is the most intriguing to me. And I love that it goes out of Puerto Rico. I have sailed on other cruise lines out of Puerto Rico and definitely highly recommend if you're going to sail out of, whether it's the beginning of your, your cruise, end of your cruise or whatever, uh, tack on a couple of extra days. It's a fantastic island, lots of culture. And it's also, it's US too, right? So, so, so you, uh, uh, so you, it's kind of familiar because you, when you're driving, you still see like, oh, there's little green highway interstate signs that you're used to. And it's English, <laughs> right? But you can still speak Spanish. I actually speak Spanish. So you can speak Spanish. Um, Old San Juan is a fantastic port. I mean, it's right. And Old San Juan is right where the port is. So you get off the ship and you can pretty much walk there. Um, so it's really a fantastic fantastic, fantastic place to visit. So I, I love these, I'm loving these Puerto Rico sailings. And I think the double dip, maybe because there's only one of them. I mean, that's why that's another reason why that's going to be in high demand. Not only is there's just one of them, it's the dream and it's New Year's Eve. So it's almost like a trifecta of like why that cruise is going to be so popular. But I think so far that has probably been the one that I've seen the most demand for just based on chatter that I've seen and just like what I'm hearing from the agency. I think and the fact that our very own Kristen Green has booked it, <laughs> trying to get, get the group started on Facebook, whatever. So I, I'm kind of with you, aligned with you in terms of like what is intriguing, most intriguing to me. Well, Ganesh, we appreciate you taking time out of your day to come talk about these itineraries with our audience. And as always, everyone out there, if you're interested in booking your next fabulous Disney vacation, you can always head over to www.mypathunwinding.com slash DCLduo. That lets them know that we sent you their direction. Want to emphasize the www part, the links that we had out there, we're not working without that. We have now updated them. So you can always click through our show notes or head over to DCLduo.com. We have a web banner on the top of the site. So Ganesh, thank you so much for coming on to uh, to share your thoughts and uh, we just really appreciate it. You're very welcome. It's been my pleasure and I look forward to hearing about your future trips when you sail Thanksgiving. I know it's a ways out, but you guys are going to have a blast. As always, thank you so much out there for listening to our bonus show this week. Please remember to subscribe to the podcast so you can keep getting great content from the DCL Duo each week. Please also head over to Apple Podcasts and leave us those five-star reviews. And if you leave us a written review, we will read it on the air in our main show each and every week. We love connecting with you, our listeners, and hearing your feedback. So head over there, leave us a review. If you'd like to send us a question or be a guest on the show, please email us at dclduo at gmail.com or reach out to us on social media at dclduo. You can also connect with our show via our voice line. If you'd like to send us a question, a comment, or otherwise have us address your feedback on the air, then just leave us a message at 402-413-5590. That's 402-413-5590. If you'd like even more great content from the DCL Duo, you can always browse to youtube.com slash DCL Duo for our vlog. If you'd like to help support the show, you can always browse to patreon.com slash DCL Duo and choose from one of our monthly support tiers. We really do appreciate each and every one of our Patreons out there for making this show happen each and every month. We also really appreciate our amazing show sponsor, My Path Unwinding Travel. So if you're looking to book your next fabulous Disney vacation, head over to www.mypathunwinding.com slash DCL Duo to book your next fabulous vacation. Use that link so they know the DCL Duo sent you. The DCL Duo podcast is not affiliated with Disney Cruise Line, the Disney Company, or the Disney family of theme parks. The views expressed on the show are solely those of the individuals on the podcast and in no way reflect the views of Disney Cruise Line or the Disney Company. If you have questions about a Disney cruise or a Disney vacation, please contact Disney directly or your own travel agent. Thanks again for listening, and we'll see you next time for another fabulous Disney adventure with the DCL Duo. Good night. Good night.